Hi, this is Aaron, the podcast today, and this is a safe place for creative conversation, some unhinged thoughts and curiosity. Today, I'm curious about labeling things. So labels, I've been really interested in how people define things and what it is maybe about human nature, why we tend to create these kind of anchors in life. Like this is what that is. And that's the nature of my reality. It sounds very unhinged, but I'm here with my wife, Haven, who this is her podcast. And I'm just taking over because just thought it would be fun. I like it, but you just labeled me as your wife. That's true. You're so much more than that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But no, it feels weird sitting on this side of the couch. Normally I'm over there, um, like facilitating the discussion. So I also have no idea where you're going to take this and I'm just here to be along for the ride. Me either, but here we are. So let's figure (laughs) it out. So one thing I think is interesting is when we started dating, it was, I don't think I asked you to like be my girlfriend or to... Can I be your boyfriend? That Who asked that? But it was kind of a, I just told you that I liked you. Like I, I was like, hey, I really, really like you. And you were like, I like you too. Mm-hmm. The roundabout. Yes, where I was driving around in circles. Um, and there's this thing I learned about called the DTR, define the relationship. And I think in the same context about labeling things and I was like, why do you have to label it? We're just best friends and we're in love. I said, I love you way before you were ready for. Can we talk about that one? Please? We can, but t- tell me about, tell us. Cause I don't really remember what the DTR conversation was. I vividly remember it. You do? Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, it's not bad, but I remember it's true. You had said you liked me and I said, I liked you back. And like, that was, you know, sweet and everything. But then after a while I was like, well, what is this? So one time we were going to get snow cones. Was it raining? And did you say, what do you want? <laughs> no, it wasn't that dramatic. Okay. We were going to get snow cones because we were pretty young when we were dating and that's what you did to hang out. Cute. And I remember saying like, we were talking about something about paying for it. And you're like, well, I wouldn't be a really good boyfriend if I didn't buy your snow cone. And I was like, are you my boyfriend? And you're like, well, yeah. And I was like, we haven't defined this. I don't know what we are. Like, you're fine in this label list. I labeled list. it? No, I, actually, you you did, but you didn't, like, have the initial conversation talking about it. You just kind of assumed that's what that meant. Because you do live in, like, a labelless, like, fluid world, and I'm more concrete of, like, what are we? Not that, like, we needed to be only exclusive, but I was like, I want to know, like, are you my boyfriend, or do we just like each other? What does this really mean? Yeah, because you were still on track to go to, John Hopkins and whatever and become the president of the United States. That's a medical school, but different, but I hear what you're saying. Which school was it? I don't want to talk about it, (laughs) but yeah, I was going to go and go out of state and I was going to, um, intern in Washington and then become a lawyer and then become the president. Still possible. Thank you. Thank you. It's pretty messy out there though. So Uh, I think I'd rather just (laughs) stay in my lane. So I brought it up. The boyfriend thing. Yeah, you did. It was interesting. Um, what did that make you feel to like have a concrete, like, Oh, I remember it made me feel really giddy to hear you say boyfriend. 
Like I just mm-hmm. thought, oh, like my heart jumped and I was excited. And that summer, I mean, that summer we fell in love was just one of my favorite times of all. It was that summer we fell in love? Yes. <laughs> but you didn't say it yet. <laughs> no. Can we talk about how you said I love you like very, very, very early on? Like a couple months in. You were going on a big trip and I was like, what if I never see you again? <laughs> And anyway, no, I was going out of town and we were slow dancing to Coldplay's Green Eyes. Oh, it was so romantic. It was so I got romantic. You, like, but I also was like, I have blue eyes, but okay. Like, they're they're kind of green. <laughs> they're kind of hazel. If you can't tell my eye color, you're not ready to say I love you yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you said I love you. It's just you. a song, it's just an expression. We were slow dancing and you said. You, this is I'm so set up here. You've told me several times your eyes are not blue, and especially back then. They're you were gray like, to be. If we're gray, getting specific, yeah. they're gray. Yeah. So they err on the side of blue depending on what I'm wearing. So yeah. That night they looked pretty green. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you said it. But you kind of lead it in. You're like, I think I'm falling in love with you. And then I was like, Oh. I didn't say I love you. I said I think I'm and, falling in love with you. Yeah, and I think I just was like, <laughs> Really. <laughs> Like that now? Was really? Right now? And so fast? Mm. I just said, I I like you a lot. I'm not going to say it if I don't mean it. It's better than thank you. That's true. So I, I was I was relieved mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so did you have the same feeling when we got married and it was like, oh, this is my husband or this is my wife? Like when we would say that about each other, like... I miss his sweets, that kind of thing. I did just get, I got just as giddy now that you mentioned it, the feelings, like I'm feeling them all again were the same. I remember on our honeymoon, it was the first day of our honeymoon and there was a valet who was coming to help with my bag and you were getting the car and he's like, oh, do you need this? And I said, no. I said, I'm actually waiting on my husband. And then I like freaked out and I told the valet, I go, that's my first time I've ever said that, <laughs> that he's my husband. I was like, I just got married yesterday. And then we both like started jumping <laughs> me in the valley. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm married. That's my husband. Like we were so young. <laughs> we were so young. We were, that was before our Disney cruise honeymoon. <laughs> yes. We, we actually did go on a Disney cruise for our honeymoon. If you are going on a Disney cruise for your honeymoon, you're too young to get married. We did a whole like Twitter was big back then. And we were like, we should start a hashtag too young to get married. And I was like, if Selena Gomez at the Nickelodeon Choice Awards is your hair inspo, you're too young to get married. If you go on a Disney cruise, you're too young to get married. We had a lot of, we registered oh, for candy. If you register for candy and your wedding registry, you're too young to you're get too married. You're too young to get married. But hey, it worked out for us. It has. Where are you going with this one? So... What about like labels that are like tougher? Mm. Like someone were to call you bossy mm-hmm. or I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Say other words. What's another one that came to mind? I mean, I don't know. Like you're a bulldog. Yeah. I, I guess. love bulldogs. <laughs> Whatever that means. Whatever that means. But like, you know, like uh-huh. you've got this like, you know, toughness about you. Yeah. That a lot of people probably see in the business space or in other aspects of life, but I see the the tender side too. So I I like that there's, again, it's not like there's just one facet of you that you have this, like you're a fighter. You've got that tough kind of edge. You got that dog in you. (laughs) She's got that dog in her. (laughs) Bulldog. (laughs) I think for me, to answer that question, I think it depends on who's telling me this. Like- Mm. Do I trust them? Do I trust their input? 
and that carries different weight. Someone else who doesn't know me, I don't think it matters too much to me. But I think like you said different facets. I think that's when it upsets me is I feel like when people label me as one thing and I feel like I'm so much more than the box that they're putting me in. Mm -hmm. Or if they just, you said that like slap a label and be like, this is my experience of you or whatever. And they've only seen me in one context, you know, like you know me different and better than anyone else. But like my like coworkers probably know a totally different side to me than the people I work out with in the gym in the morning. Like they know a different side to me than my best friend Candace, who I call in vulnerable moments knows different than my kids. So I feel like the only time I get upset is if someone's putting a label that that's who I am, but I don't feel like they see that I'm more multifaceted or dynamic than just maybe the environment that I've been with them in. Mm -hmm. What about you? Like, I feel like you already are so fluid in your thoughts and like people would just maybe say like, Oh, eclectic and creative, but you're actually also very, very grounded and you have very high follow through and you're reliable. So I think you also can get painted as an artist, but in a way that maybe isn't fair or fully representative of who you are too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think on some level, it's it maybe it feels like misunderstanding, you know, because mm -hmm. to me, art is all about detail, you know, and all about how things fit together. And, you know, can it's almost like it's so detailed that like when you look at a really pixelated image or like when you look at an image close enough, you see like the details of things or it's just pixels or it's just whatever. You don't actually get to see the full thing until you're like a little further back mm. and take it in. And it looks fluid. But there's actually a lot of structure and a lot of pieces in there that's how I kind of look at it a little bit mm -hmm. yeah I think when you get into defining things a little bit too much it's 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 just limiting like that like for me doing art doing music it feels nice to like have some general parameters but sometimes if it's like oh it's got to do this it's like it kills me a little bit inside because I want to have like I feel like I like to identify things and label things in retrospect, even just in life. Like when I was growing up, I can identify like different things that were like, Ooh, like on a spiritual level, like that was like God interfering in my life, interacting in my life and protecting me from X, Y, Z or preparing me for whatever was ahead. Um, do you think the same way or do you think it's like it's irrelevant of time? Like, mm. does it have to be, do you perceive like when you go through something that was really hard, you're like, okay, that was tough. I'm never interacting with that again, mm -hmm. like as a retroactive thing. Or is it like when you're in it, you're like, oh, I'm never doing this again. Or is it like, I've seen that coming. I have a lot of labels stashed. Yeah. I think it's human nature to want to label something in the moment because it kind of brings order to what's happening mm. and it kind of makes us feel safer to have like some semblance of control, you know? Yeah. I do think you're right though. It's kind of, it's dangerous to label something in the moment and a story that comes to mind is when I think about my mom who she on my birthday every year calls and tells me my birth story. She'll, you know say like oh my gosh my water broke and I was so excited and I drove to Cedar sinai which is here in Los Angeles and it's like this like bougie hospital where they have valet and so she handed like her and my dad were there and they handed the keys and she asked the valet like can I get the epidural now and she went up there and then basically with my brother she had had a 
C-section and she really wanted a V-back with me. And she was really excited. That was the plan. But then they caught that I was on in distress. And so then that plan had to pivot. So I think that's the moment where I think she would label this as this is bad. This is wrong. This is not what I wanted. Mm. This is terrible situation. Very disappointed. Like, I think it also matters like when you're limiting and time and labeling it because the rest of that story is, is before they, um, tested for group B strep, which is something that now is like really routine. They can put you on antibiotics and it's okay. Like for you and the baby, but at the time it was super, super dangerous. And I, they pulled me out via C-section, but I had ingested enough of the, um, that disease or whatever that they then like all the doctors and nurses rushed in. They had to like give me a spinal tap that was like essentially two weeks of like um, around the clock antibiotics. Like my veins were collapsing. It was a very intense scenario, but the sense is again, that could be bad. But if my mom didn't have to have a C-section, I would have died and she would have probably died because also her scar had ruptured that they realized that when they went and opened Mm. her up. And so it's actually like looking back, that was a very protective scenario for that to happen. And we can label that as, oh, that's good. I was saved. My mom was saved. That was a lot. Like it depends on what slice and what perspective you're totally right. Of am I looking at the pixel up front? The pixel up front is like all of that scenario looked bad. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't get the view back. I had a life threatening like, um, issue with my body like that was very painful to get those shots apparently like all this stuff where you look back and you're like wow your life was saved you're okay like the doctors intervened so I think so much too is a little bit of playing God of when you label things because you don't have the full story you don't have the full picture sometimes you don't even have it in hindsight so I think in those kind of scenarios I'm actually a little more cautious to throw something on a situation because I know I do not have the hindsight or perspective to actually and accurately gauge this. It's interesting that like something for you, like so young, hearing that story over and over again would like affect how you see things, you know? Uh, For me growing up, it was like, I had so many sad things happen in my life, uh, painful things that it um, made me question, I think, a lot of like labels or just made me question so much about life itself. And so from an early age, I was very like existential, like questioning reality even. And that probably gave me such a sense of like not trusting labels or not even feeling limited to them because people would say I'm shy or I was in these gifted classes and it's like, I'm gifted. What does that mean? You Mm -hmm. know? And I'm learning now like more details about that, but it's, it's been interesting for me to sort of like never let that stick to me in a way. Like as a musician, it's the worst thing when someone's like, Oh, what kind of music do you make? I'm like, I make music. And they're like, what's it like? And I'm like, uh, it's music. <laughs> like totally. I, I don't want to say it's like this artist or like that artist or any musician. I feel like feels that tension of like, I'm not just a copy of these things. I'm maybe a, 
uh, I was going to say a melting pot, but yeah, mel- melting pot's the best word. What I was going to say is I'm a cesspool. Of these, <laughs> <laughs> these few like. That sounds like a Spotify Daylist title of like cesspool of yes. Yancey and wow. um, Bjork. Something like that. Grunge. Grunge. Ambient. Vi- I don't know. Sprinkle of metal. The Spotify Daylist is very telling on a lot of my moods. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, so I, I think I had a resistance. And you asked me to come up with a topic when, if I'm going to actually take over the podcast today. <laughs> and it was like, that's something I, I think about a lot is just, you know, why do, why do you have to call it this? Like, let's just see what happens. Even even this, like, as an example of, like, having you, you wanted to take over. I thought it was fun. Everyone requests you as a guest. So leading into this, I was like, I'm just going to show up like a guest. Like, we don't really talk too much when I have someone. But then even this, I was like, well, what's the name of your episode? And you're like, it's the Aaron Takeover. I was like, no, like the topic you're going to talk about. And you're like, oh, we'll see. And I was like. It's probably a strength and a weakness I at think, the same time. I love but, that about your brain, though, because we were sitting on the couch and I was like, well, what are you going to say in this intro? And I was shocked that you just said labels because until this very live moment, I had no idea that's what you wanted to talk about. Well, I, was, I was writing some stuff down and I literally wrote defining stuff like S-H-T-U-F-F. <laughs> but uh, it made me think of that's why I think you and I are a good pair because you are more structured. I'm more abstract. Mm-hmm. And that combination is really good because. I uplift you and you ground me, you know, we're like together. Can I share a little bit? Remember when we did that um, conference yellow at mm-hmm. in South Pasadena, there was this one exercise they had. It's basically the Myers-Briggs. If you're not familiar with that personality test, it's like, are you introverted or extroverted? Are you sensing or intuitive? Are you thinking or feeling? And then are you judgment, like judgmental or perceiving? And those sound like even they have negative connotations on the labels. They really don't. It's just helping understand how you interact with the world. But the example for the sensing versus the intuitive group that they used was they separated, they pulled five sensing people and five like intuitive people into different groups and they gave them a brown bag. And they said, just come back and write down all the ways that you can describe what's in this brown bag. The sensing group came back and they had the brown paper bag and inside of it was like an apple, orange, and banana. And they like described each one with like, okay, the apple, it's, you know, like fire engine red, has a hint of orange. It's very shiny. The sticker says that it was from Washington. It has a light dent in it and like very, very detailed of each of the items, like specific. And then the intuitive group, they were like, these are um, devices we can juggle with or this is the like (laughs) ingredients for a smoothie or look, you can make a smiley face with the apple, the orange, and the banana. Like they were just getting more and more abstract and the facilitator was basically saying the more time you give each group, the sensing people get more and more and more granular and the intuitive group get more and more and more abstract where they almost didn't even label it as an apple, orange, banana. It was all of the pieces of how you can use it and how it can go together and how they can um, interact with one another. And those two together can actually be like causing some conflict because the sensing people are like, are you insane? Like you guys are liars. Like that is not what we're looking at. And then the intuitive people go like, but you don't have vision. 
you don't see what I see. There's so much out there other than just calling it boring fruit or whatever. And so that also, I'm glad we respect that in each other, but it, there's a lot of opportunity for conflict there too, of seeing reality completely differently. Yeah. And it shows up in our marriage. Like we, you think about things differently, even how I talk to you sometimes. If I, if I talk to you and say like, do this, it never goes well. I have to <laughs> go like, hey, do you think like, if you have time, like, could you take care of this thing or, you know, that kind of thing? Or have you ever tried doing it this way? And it, that sometimes goes better. But the just looking at our marriage, like we have different roles in the marriage. There are times where I'm basically doing all of the cooking, which has been like the last seven years. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, when have I ever done cooking? Early on. Oh, garlic it. bagels. Do you remember? Uh, cooking is a <laughs> funny word. I was very proud. <laughs> if, wait, I want to share this tiny bit. If we had people over for dinner, I would make spaghetti, a.k.a. the easiest thing to make with ground meat and like tomato sauce in a can. But then like my piece de resistance, I was like, would you like a toasted garlic bagel where you put bagel, butter, garlic salt, toast it, voila, beautiful. And that that's my definition carbs. of cooking. So many so carbs. So many carbs. So easy. So nothing like special or detailed where you will make a homemade like ragu sauce from scratch that like boils for four hours the simmers but um whatever wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh the differences between us is are really interesting that they show up in these different ways because there are some things that are so staple that like yes you can you should do like and you take care of and it's you know amazing like laundry or keeping track, like childcare. Yes, the schedule of childcare sure. itself is like a part-time job for you. But you're more of like, I mean, in the sense of like, if we're throwing labels of like, you are the homemaker of, you care about our home, you move the couches around, whatever you see fit. Like it's the warmth there, it's the activities with the kids. Like I don't know if you're watching this on video, but we changed out the background for like what Aaron typically does, and so there's a synthesizer over there, and then there's Lego cherry blossoms that he built with the kid they don't over look there at, they're very um they're very deceptive but they're not real flowers those are <laughs> yeah those labels. are not real cherry blossoms they look they're so like so lifelike <laughs> it's amazing but all that to say is like you bring so much of the warmth to the home Thank that you. i think is really necessary in the sense of i think in years prior that would have been labeled as like the wife's role yeah that, that that's why i brought that up because there's mm -hmm. there's certain things that are normatively like man and woman or whatever but you're the sugar mama right now <laughs> like there's been times where I've made more than you and there's times you make more than me and it's never been like you know too labeled of a thing like I mean yeah. I feel the pressure to like obviously provide and create opportunities but you um have excelled in so many ways I think it's so much of just space. strengths and weaknesses too yeah. of like your strength is creativity and cooking. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I think my strength is entrepreneurial. It's like side hustles. It's businesses. It's things that I like as my own creative outlet. Like it's not necessarily a male or female like dichotomy type of thing. It's just who are we as people in relationship to each other? Like we don't need these labels of like, this is what a male does or a female does. Yeah. It's like, Hey, like this is my whole self I'm bringing into our relationship, but that doesn't 
give me a pass to just say, well, I'm never going to ever cook or never going to contribute or for you to be like, well, I'm never going to care about the kids scheduling, even if something falls through. It's like there's also something where we both, even if it's our strength, it's not fair to the other person to be like, well, you know, you do this always because you're good at it. Like everyone needs a break. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's that's a real thing that's come up for us because there's times where I'm like, I am like fried Mm -hmm. on doing this. I could not, I don't want to cook anything ever again. (laughs) And then we do like Postmate a bunch of stuff and it's Mm -hmm. like, I need to cook every day, (laughs) every meal. At home again. It's like, it's the, you know, ebb and flow of that. But yeah, I love how you said that because, and it's not to say that I can't be more entrepreneurial or more, um, structured or handle mm-hmm. you know scheduling things or you can't be more creative or out there like you i mean you did this little thing our little i don't know if they can see it in the shot but they the, can't uh, i don't even remember what i used for that but it was really cool like you've got a little yeah you know like i think that's where maybe me just being a more abstract thinker like i don't want to label you as just like oh yeah you're just like the mule like workhorse like gonna mm-hmm. plow the whole thing and make things happen like you do have like a tender side or a more like even just how you dress yourself and all that it's not like you're not utilitarian like cold <laughs> right you know boss I think what I hear you saying too is like labels sometimes can feel unpersonable mm-hmm. and they can feel actually more disconnecting versus like seeing that like maybe this is a shade of who you are or a piece of you is like this or a part of you and not saying all of you is this all the time. Because people are so interesting and so detailed that like some people are like the whole like cliche, like what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. But even to those people, I'm like looking at them and observing a lot or talking to them and seeing like, oh, there's more here or there's a reason for that Hmm. or there's a, a dynamic that makes you need feel the need to present yourself that way, you know? Now a quick pause to hear from my sponsors. One time years ago, I was certain I could make it home after my car's tank hit empty. And long story short, my gut was wrong on that one. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions. But if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. I take Symbiotic Plus in the mornings first thing after I wake up and on my way to the gym. Ritual is known for its industry-leading sustainability standards. They use scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging, prioritize sustainability-sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Ritual is also a female-founded B Corp, meaning they're holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of the people in our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash haven. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash haven for 20% off. This episode is brought to you by Efficionade. Efficionade offers fractional virtual assistants whose sole purpose is to help people who are making a difference. Are you bogged down in your email and still managing your own calendar? Delegating those tasks to a high-caliber career assistant can free you up to utilize your time towards the areas of your best and highest use, allowing you to focus on the areas you truly thrive in. 
Learn more at efficientaid.com. That's efficient, A-I-D-E.com. Okay, back to the episode. Can I ask you a question? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I know you're technically the host, but what brought this topic up for you? Like, what made you even want to explore it? Like, did you feel mislabeled recently or what made us want to explore this? Like I said in the beginning, I think it has a lot to do with now being a parent and just seeing how the kids are growing and, and changing. And I'm like, I feel like I'm changing and growing at the same time. And it's cool to see like some, like some of the labels peeling off, you know, mm -hmm. like anything that was kind of defining me before. It's like, I can, it's starting in here, mm -hmm. you know, I would say it's starting in my heart, but <laughs> it is starting a lot in my brain. Um, of just how I think about things and trying to change about it, it, trying to change and become more, um, disciplined, I think too, you know what structured maybe, or bringing some of that into it, but also more daring or more, I don't know. I don't want it to be just floating off and, you know, into space and thought all the time. I've spent like 34 years doing that. It's really fun, but <laughs> There's other things I want to try and experience too. Like with uh, my staff at work, we just did a assessment and it talked a lot about personalities and it was very, very fascinating on it. Just how like you can have your core sense of yourself, but then there's also developed layers outside of that, which um, is very interesting. So I'm in, the, I'm in that space of like thinking a lot about how how I work, how I work with other people, how other people are working or not working together. Mm -hmm. And it's been really cool to uh, dive into that. Well, even hearing of like what you were saying about parenting is our four-year-old daughter is very, very much like you. Like she has a very similar type of personality. She's kind of similar in that almost like that gifted, but like some people would label also shy route, but like very hyper creative, very nurturing. So I also wonder if you're seeing like, oh, like if someone didn't label me, like what would I have been? Yes. Looking at our daughter is like looking at a mirror for me because there's so many things. Like she said, we usually do this thing, speaking of labels, we do the thumbs up of our day and then we do a thumbs down of our day. And like three days ago, out of nowhere, she just says, it's like we do our whole thing. And then she says, my thumbs left was this. And then she's like, oh, and my thumbs right was something else. And mm -hmm. I was like, I forget what she said because I was just so shocked that she was doing the like right. left and right. <laughs> it was like. Knew the terms. Oh, you're you're already like branching out. Already abstract thinking mm -hmm. where it's like not just thumbs up, thumbs down. She iterated and made it her own outside of the box, which I think you were kind of even saying of like, you don't always want to just be abstract out in the clouds. And I think that's why our partnership worked well is like, it felt like for so often, like you were the kite and maybe I was the string mm -hmm. kind of grounding, but also I think you're developing your own nature to be your own string too. It's not just like, Oh, I need to lean into someone to, who has the strengths to my weaknesses. It's also, okay, just because I'm underdeveloped doesn't mean it's something I can't focus on and work on too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Makes me think of that Lego thing over there, the little cherry blossoms, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's got so many branches, but it's made up of so many little connections and things that 
maybe that's why I, I was drawn to it. And I think that's why doing it together with Isley was like really special. Cause we both kind of got this like thing, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't want her to feel that shadow of like, Oh, I've got to be like dad. Right. I want her to be free to like stretch or pull parts of you, you know, that's in her or parts of any of our other family or people around her that she wants to learn and grow with, um, to kind of excel and who doesn't mm-hmm. like what parent doesn't want their kid to be like more than them, obviously. But, but it makes me think of even when we were talking just prior to that of like the underdeveloped side, one of the labels that people would put on me that I actually found wildly frustrating was they were like, you're so detailed. You're so detail oriented. And I just was thinking, I'm not like, it is not my nature to do that. I like growing up reading comprehension, I would blow through it so fast and then make simple mistakes because I was just, trying to get it done or so fast. My mom's like, you need to slow down and pay attention to the extent where then I was like, I'm going to get good at this. Like I'm going to figure out details. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to change like the camera lens focus from this big thing to honing in on here. And I was like, I'm going to work on that skill. But then I worked on it so much that now if I'm around people, they think that's my strength, even though it's not my natural ability Mm -hmm. and I don't enjoy it. So I think there's also something to be said of like, I think I overextended there to try and make up for a weakness instead of just being like, well, maybe I'm just not great at that. And yeah, sure, I could work at it, but I don't want to overcompensate and then all of a sudden be like, you know, someone thinking it's a unique ability when really like, no, I just worked really, really, really hard and it's it's like climbing uphill in mud to try and get that. It's not something that's natural. I'd rather be high level strategic. I'd rather be like bullet points. Like don't make me in the weeds of a contract, but if I have to, I will, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, that's a label that sometimes would frustrate me. I think some people go like their whole life thinking that like, Oh, and I'm the only person who like deals with that. Like I'm the only one, like everyone thinks I'm this and, I'm not, and I'm so much more, or, you know, they're just, you know, I feel like everyone feels that way at some point. And sometimes we get so siloed, we get so like Mm -hmm. down deep into our, I don't know if you call that despair or do you just call that like frustration or whatever on a deep level Mm -hmm. of being misunderstood that like, I don't know, the times I've been able to share about things going on with me, I'm really like, relieved and comforted and knowing oh I'm not the only one who's like thinking these thoughts yeah. and it's like oh, it's such a weight off my shoulders you know but it takes like interacting with people and and sharing you know about that you know mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's why we too like you know in January people pick like their word of the year or whatever it's like this is what I want to strive for or grow towards and um, it's like an effort to sort of redefine or re-evaluate, you know, life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way. It's not good or bad, just like labels. I mean, I feel like there's something to have intention and a target, you know, but sometimes it's limiting when you're pretty rigid about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When you feel like you have to project or something like that too, it's like you just be honest with where you're at, mm-hmm. you know, and move from there. This was a cool topic, hun. Thank you. I liked it. It was fun to be the guest and not, you know, just be along for the ride. You have any questions? I do, actually. For who you are today in this year, speaking of like Spotify Daylist, which is really popular, how would you describe 
your personality in a Spotify day list title? I want to say that I can't. You got to try. I can't. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, Spotify day list language. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Just mm-hmm. some words about yourself. I would say mine is something like avant gardener, Americana, ambient, post IDM. Oh, you ended like oh, music. Are we talking actual musical terms? Personality terms. Personality. Oh, yeah, there I go. Um, <laughs> I liked that one, but no, your personality. Warm and fuzzy. I don't know. This is hard. This is hard. My personality? Yes, dear. Uh, there's so many words. I think eclectic, nurturer. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you do me. Because I can't. I can't. I think it's too hard. When to I do. look in the mirror, I just see. <laughs> what do I see? see beauty. Dude. I'm just I'm speechless. <laughs> I think um, eclectic, nurturer, pure, kind intelligent there's just so many words i could say it's hard for me to just stop there but like i'm trying to think of the top ones but yeah i mean you're just the best person so well, thank you the best personality I mean, just the best i, I no, mean to I me you're, you are the best i mean i agree i receive it <laughs> i agree <laughs> freudian slip Ooh. no um for you i see you just not steady but like a mountain like you, you just keep rising mm-hmm. and there's such a a truth and vulnerability with you that is unmatched just a, a vibrance that comes from that pure honest self within you thank you hon. a haven a true haven Ooh, what a closer but this episode is called aaron it is you want to close this out aaron sure if you like this episode be sure to subscribe like comment follow all of those things um you can follow us on apple music wait apple podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts you're listening to this podcast. Continue <laughs> listening to this podcast. Just continue wherever you're listening right now. But Haven also has an Instagram and TikTok. Then great discussions on there and comments. Um, if you liked any of it or any of the segments, feel free to follow along for future episodes. Any closing thoughts on Parting Ways? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Um, this was a lot of fun. I loved it. And we're doing another one. Oh, it's already happening. All right. I can't wait. Think of your next topic.